0: Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 25 minutes to nine. Good morning to you. Time for your Mediated Conversation this Tuesday morning. Over the last two years, we've seen a real, well, explosion of violence in our communities as the pandemic has ended and all sorts of other dynamics have come into play. This has so often led to Monday morning news bulletins featuring the number of people who've been killed here or there. And One of the worst aspects is the reports we see of shootings at taverns where people literally arrive at a tavern and start to shoot indiscriminately many of these cases appear to be about real tensions in our society and are about our economy, which is simply not creating jobs. All the experts that we've spoken to about this have said one thing, that one of the key aspects of this is access to firearms. One of the historical trends we saw many years ago is that the murder rate started to decline from its highs in the mid-1990s towards a low in around 2012. At the same time, the number of firearms in our society went down. Now the murder rate is going up again, and it's It seems that access to guns may be a key feature in this. So what is happening in our communities? How can our communities respond? How big a factor is guns in all of this? First this morning, you'll hear from Darylene James. She's a community activist who particularly works in El Dorado Park, one area which has seen quite a lot of gun violence. Then you'll hear from Ali community engagement officer at outer we'll start to look at some of the responses that we've seen from communities to this and then the way in which the police and communities can work together to resolve this gun violence tj Masilela is the chair of the Gauteng provincial community police board we start then with the community activist darylene james darylene good morning thanks for your time
1: Thank you so much for having me, Stephen.
0: What have you seen happening in your community and the other communities you work in since the end of the pandemic? From what we can see as numbers, we see the murder rates literally going through the roof.
1: I just see the most horrendous crimes ever, where we have young people laying on floors and in our streets and in rooms, you know, where their faces have been shot off. Um I have been speaking about this for the longest time ever. And at this point, I've given up in terms of, you know, trying to work with government and trying to say what needs to happen and trying to, um, you know, also give input in around understanding the why this is unfolding in our various communities. Every second child has access to a gun. Um, I'm not sure guns get books in and booked in at the police station and two weeks later, that same gun is used for a various other, for, for a different crime. So at this point, I'm just at my wits end, not knowing who to turn to, because we've had all spears of government in our community. We've highlighted and we've addressed the various challenges and we said to them, this is the response that is needed to date. We still await their response.
0: Just to be clear, I'm presuming that the vast majority of these murders involve guns. Is that presumption right?
1: No, definitely. All the murders in Eldorado Park in Westbury, the latest attack on Friday was on a police officer as he was obtaining a statement from, you know, a witness at a deceased's home. And they just drove past and gunned him down. Uh, uh, imagine just, you know, having no respect mm. for for life, for law. That That's where we're at.
0: Sure. Um, is it possible to know if there are more guns in these communities than there used to be? Have more guns suddenly arrived from somewhere? Has access to them become easier in some ways. is it possible to even know
1: it, it it's definitely easier i mean we see the many guns being taken in at our local police station as early as friday we were having a candle virgil therefore the many victims lost to gun violence and while we were at the police station a lady came and she said she's being tormented by her boyfriend and an hour later saps returned and i saw the in the forensics bag was a gun so it is all over. I don't, I'm not sure if you can remember also, Stephen, years back, there was an amnesty period and, you know, people started handing in their firearms and SAPS, a member of SAPS itself, leaked and started distributing all of these firearms to known gangs in Westbury and it found in, in uh, uh, Western Cape, which then found its way to all our communities that's been out there, uh, you know, being part and parcel of the chaos that we seen.
0: So you suggest many of the guns that we're seeing being used now have actually been stolen or have somehow come out of police stations. And I've seen other reports indicating that as well. But that's one of the main sources
1: definitely i mean we hear from the people causing the chaos sometimes telling us that how easy it is to obtain a firearm we hear them saying that you know what we can just approach any saps member and pay him 3000 rand and then we'll have access to a firearm we also know that with houting the many applications for firearms i mean there's actually a backlog every single person is applying for a firearm together with a, a license for a tavern and that combination cannot be helpful to us as communities
0: Are there other factors that are driving the murder rate? So obviously access to guns is important, but people are accessing the guns so that they can shoot somebody. Why is it that they want to shoot somebody? Is there something happening in the sort of structure of gangs, perhaps? Or maybe the drugs trade?
1: You you know what, Stephen, at this point, we really need a, a high level of intelligence, which SAP seems incapable of, to be quite honest with you. And I say this because it's not a story of today. It dates back almost 10 years back when I, you know, wrote to the then president saying that, you know what, we will soon mirror the Cape Flats. And it is with that that I say, you know what, you look at the many social ills in our community. You now look at the subculture of gangsterism. It is not even, I I can't even say it is really gangs. Um, And I purely say this because, you know, when you belong to a gang back in my day, you know, you need to go through sort of an initiation process and and there's certain things that, that sort of needs to happen. And the gangs from back then, they never used to take out their own, you know, communities, own family members and friends. Right now, it is just Everyone, you know, you find at the flats that children are tattooing on gang names. Everyone wants to belong. So it's it's almost a subculture. And it comes as a result of the many social ills, the lack of opportunity in our community. There's so many things that we need to unpack that will, will actually give us an understanding as to why we see this happening. Families taking on the face of the victim and the perpetrator. You know, many years ago, my father was gunned down and then my brother was gunned down. So automatically, I belong to a certain gang because justice has not Mm. prevailed for my family so there's that as well that we need to look at you know the lack of this lack of the success rate every time we hear what government doing in our communities they are deploying various forces various operations but we never get to hear about the 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 convictions or, or or you know feedback As to the results it has yielded. And that's where we're at. So in terms of going back to government or wanting to hear anything from SAPS or or anyone, we are done with that. We are really done with it.
0: Are there any solutions you have to offer at this stage? You talk about police investigations and police intelligence. I mean, that's the obvious thing, isn't it? Is that the police should be able to arrest people and get convictions and seize the guns and then see and then keep the guns, not have them leaked. I presume melt them down.
1: Never mind that, you'll find that forensics in South Africa, we will have only one lab, one lab that's responsible for the entire country. How do we then say we are fighting crime? When we are waiting to get, you know, report backs for cases on drugs, on guns, you find that the same person gets arrested five times for, for similar charges, purely because the first case that he was arrested for having, you know, they're still waiting for either ballistics or for confirmation of of, of drugs. So the, 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 the problem lies, and when you speak about solutions, um, give us more labs. When we had the World Cup in South Africa, you found that, you know what, you could do drug testing at any police station. You know, why can't we have that, introduce that again? Right now, we need sort of a truth and reconciliation, if I can call it this chapter, Mm. to unfold in the various communities. Because like I'm saying, it goes back many, many years. And we need to start a healing process with the families, you know, that that have lost loved ones. One mother having lost two or three children. Obviously, that home, that household, will now associate with a particular gang.
0: Darylene James, thank you. The community activist based in El Dorado Park, a very uh, stark picture that she paints of the situation. 17 minutes to nine. You're with SAFM. Your will a conversation on the issue of guns and gun violence in communities uh, continues. Ali Gule is a community engagement officer for the for Outer. Ali, good morning. Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to your listeners as well. What's happening in one place, so Eldorado Park, as we've heard from Derralene James, may be happening in another. Are we finding more gun crimes in many communities around the country? And considering the murder rate has gone so high, I presume that we do have more gun crimes in other parts of the country.
2: That is the reality of the situation, unfortunately, Stevens. But let me bring in another controversy for a lack of a better word law-abiding citizens who acquired guns through legal route um, have got certain regulations you can't just shoot willy-nilly there must be a situation and evidence that when you were defending yourself from an intruder there was a need for you to pull the trigger the flip side of the coin on the other hand, the thugs can shoot at any time, anywhere, without being held accountable. Unfortunately, often they literally get away with murder. In other words, people even people who have guns are not safe. As if that is not bad enough. Criminals are now killing men and women in blue which tantamount to a treason even police are not safe from criminals guns are all over we are prisoners in our own homes in our in our own vehicles no one is safe the sooner we acknowledge as a country we've got crisis the better maybe we are uh, not far away away from the state of disaster regarding the guns out there that are involved in so many shootings and we don't even know how many guns are out there in the hand, in the wrong hands
0: So then the question then, Ali, is what kind of response do we need to use? Before I get to that, um, as I understand it, we have a very large number of private security companies now in our country. And I've read that sometimes people are starting private security companies just to get a gun, because if you work in security, you can get a bigger gun. Is that happening? Are guns coming through private security companies as well?
2: Look, I don't want to put my head on the block in as far as that is concerned. The, the, the challenge is when, when criminals are having guns in their hand, there's no clear patterns how they access guns. It's sometimes the guns are stolen from policemen when they're shot down. That may be the possibility. But the bigger picture is we're facing this trouble now what where where to from here I've, I've stated previously that the police don't seem to be a step ahead to the criminals we the police are not proactive they always come back to do the sweeping to to mop the mess and that is not a a good situation the mass killings that you stated that are happening at the at the taverns there is not even a unit to look at the modus of operandi if are these same people or do we have copycats all over the country that are doing such things remember we are on the eve of the festive seasons for right reasons people will go, be going to taverns just to chill we have the bad year and which they are entitled to how many more killings and mass killings even in hostels are going to take place the police seem to be also shooting in the dark. There's not clear pattern, how are we addressing the issues of guns in the country? That's the biggest problem.
0: So what kind of community responses work? Uh, Obviously, the police need to play a leading role, but communities respond too. Um, There are all sorts of things, WhatsApp groups, community groups, things like that. Are there particular community responses that work? I think... uh,
2: Communities, it depends on the area where you stay. You, you go into suburbs, um, communities are organizing themselves much more better into neighborhood watch, but that cannot, the, con, the condition is not conducive. If you go to an informal settlement, you, you go to Deep Slot, you go to Alexander, you go to any informal settlements in Boxbeck or Steen and start organizing the people because it's very difficult for the people to organize themselves there because often what is the problem as well, we've got a lot of undocumented people staying in informal settlements. By the same token, I'm not saying the criminals is coming all from undocumented um, sit, um, foreigners in the in the informal settlement. But how do you organize people in informal settlements? Communities are in a panic mode and they're not organizing themselves. But there's a lack of police visibility as well. Remember how many issues we have, the hijacked buildings, the Zamazamas, everything is, the the question transits has increased. Everything we, we are in a panic mode. Somewhere some somewhere down the line the government must stand up and say we need a summit on crime, especially involving guns. Things are out of control.
0: I don't know if a summit would help. Um, uh, I mean, police keeps coming back to that. Um, do you expect that communities are going to get more and more organized? And in some cases, and we've seen a lot of this, there'll be more vigilante killings as well. And that's a big factor in murders now.
2: That's the situation. Look, uh, I grew up in the township. I stay in the township. Whenever the, the community organized themselves, often is uh mob killings because even when you talk to the community they say if a person is arrested today we'll see like like the lady at derlin say you'll see the person in the street tomorrow so people are taking law into their own hands which we don't justify we don't promote that but people will tell you same story over and over Stephen, say that if police can't help us We will help ourselves, we do it. It has happened, it's always in the media, it's in the public domain. That is what maybe people think, the community, the residents think that will sort of mitigate the situation, which is wrong. But in the absence of that, we do not see clear plans coming from law enforcement agencies, how communities can organize themselves. Yes, CPFs, Um, are in place. But the situation now is much more worse and desperate for ordinary communities Mm -hmm. than before.
0: Ale Gule, thank you. Community Engagement Officer at Outer. In a moment, TJ Masalela, Chair of the Gauteng Provincial Community Police Board. Nine minutes to nine. Mediated Conversation on SAFM Six minutes to nine, continue your mediated conversation this morning around communities and gun crime TJ Masalela is chair of the Gauteng Provincial Community Police Board TJ, good morning, thanks for your time
3: Good morning Steve, thanks for the opportunity
0: When communities try and respond to gun crime like this what kind of measures are working and some of it is just about organisation
3: I think we must also correct something here um, the it's, not, it's not, it would be um, unfair to say the police would be doing nothing. Um, basically, we are at a, a big brink of a civil war. Um, the if you talk you talk about what happened in Limpopo not so long ago, where about eighteen or so of the armed that were planning for the CITS were taken down. If you talk about Rosettenville. About nine of the eleven that were taken down that were armed. I'm talking about heavily armed. So, so it's it's not it's not correct. Thousands and thousands of guns are confiscated every year. I said last time, thirty-six thousand were destroyed last year, and all these guns are mostly ninety percent are confiscated through the police efforts and the community involvement and uh, uh, intelligence. So that that can't be right. But having said that, the community must also. Uh, uh, each and every South African must participate. Right now we have the draft of the national policing policy. The consultation is on as we speak now, which talks to the Firearm Control Act, which is also under review. Um, so, so, so we we must participate. We must encourage our people. We had some workshops in Gauteng and I know these workshops are taking place all over the country, where where communities, ordinary members of society, are encouraged. GPV uh, brigades and uh, uh, crime victims are also, uh, um, in, including students in your in your in your um, higher learning uh, institutions, uh, to participate and make uh, inputs. It's only when we make a lot of uh, inputs and a lot of noise, and and uh, that we will see. Maybe um, uh, to some extent that difference, but there are cases that makes you worry when uh, criminals attack a police station and uh, purely um, with clear intentions to 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 uh, um, dispossess those guns so of those that are at uh, uh, um, client services. It's a it's it requires us all to 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 be uh, on the. On, if need be like uh, i think you mentioned something about the crime violence and crime prevention uh, strategy in south Africa if that's if that's uh, what we need let's have that because country south africa content uh, uh, back in 2015 was saying that uh, we it should be a yearly thing that we look at the strategy every year to see whether it's working let's look at the laboratories let's look at the politics aspects let's look at the the guns that are coming to the country um, uh, illig- illegally. Mm. Let's mm. look at the security companies. Let's challenge sure. SIRA Those are many of the security companies that are actually uh, not registered with SIRA and are carrying heavy, heavy firearms. So, so today, if you want to. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah,
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you, TJ. I must get to this, which sure. is that communities, and I mean to, to hear from Dareline, to hear from Ali, um, is to hear people in real pain who feel that the police are doing nothing. And I realize, I mean, I've said this many times, I'm not brave enough to be a police officer, frankly. Um, and I realize it's a difficult job. But I'm sure you can understand why communities feel like that. And I think they need reassurance. And I think part of it is, and so many times uh, conversations around crime come back to this, we need crime intelligence. We need investigations. We need cases that have brought that result in convictions. So we need a strengthening of the system. And isn't that the real problem? You only, if you commit a murder, there's a 15% chance you'll get convicted. I mean, that's, that's tiny. Correct. So I agree with that. And i
3: also saying on the political space, the communities have the power, the people shall govern. It means when you go for the elections in the next uh, coming elections, you must you must look at who provides more in terms of fighting crime. But also, um, having said that, it will also not right and correct that those that are saved by the, the efforts of the law enforcement, we cannot acknowledge that. Yes, when you are in grief and pain, you tend to Paint everybody with the same brush, but many of South Africans uh, during the 2016 amnesty gave back their firearms. A lot of the firearms. I think that that year we had almost 55,000, including those confiscated, and that shows that uh, law-abiding citizens are were willing at the time. It's a different case now because they're reapplying now to have those guns, which is a worry. Also, that uh, something has gone wrong in the last five years, which needs us to to look seriously in campaigning on this. Because while you are addressing the issues of crime, of guns, uh, you might uh, solve crimes that are related to that. If you look at the Senza maywa's case that is in, in the front of the court now, you would see the the link that goes across and end up at the hostel and end up at somebody, you know, so so there is a link, the fear that the guns are um, uh, instilling in our society, mm-hmm. if, if somebody knows that you have a gun, whether it's a toy, Steve, you know, there are these toys that we found in Westbury. Uh, toys, they sound like a gun, they talk like mm. a gun, they, 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 they feel like a gun, even if you have it. Mm. So those, the fear that comes with that, it's, it's it's unbelievable, but we need to conquer that fear.
0: Thank you very much indeed. T.J. Masalele, chair of the Gauteng Provincial Community Police Board. Do appreciate the time. My thanks also to Ali Gule, the community engagement officer at Outer, and starting us off today, the community activist in Eldorado Park, Darylene James. And so often we just hear from communities who are really just, uh, you know, distraught, so upset by the level of gun violence and feel they can't do much about it and the police can't either. Well, let's uh, see what happens on all of that. It's been good to be back with you this morning. We will see you tomorrow from Du Stanza, Port Portman myself. Look after yourself. You with SFM leading the conversation. It's nine o'clock.